don't nobody please feel pressured to do testimonies and I'm not going to call on people unless they've already said I want to do it. Um, I'm not going to call on you. Don't don't feel bad if, if you don't do it. There will be other opportunities to do testimonies. In fact, I would love to actually have one pretty much every week. One person give a testimony. Um, could be salvation testimonies. I would love to eventually hear everybody's, you know, story of how they came to the Lord, but other stories as well, other things that God has done for us. And part of that is to build up the body. That's one of the things that we've done in church since Jesus went up to heaven was encourage each other through the word of our testimony. But it's also so that we can practice giving these kind of testimonies in front of other people. Um, because there may be a point, there will be, I guarantee, a point where God will have you share something with somebody else um, to encourage them. And as we look forward to revival taking place, we're all going to be giving our testimonies all the time. And you may think, I don't have a very good story, or I'm not good at this, or it's not going to work. And God, the Holy Spirit is going to move on you, and you're going to give your testimony, and 100 people are going to get saved, and you're going to see all of them in heaven because of your silly story. And that's going to happen to just about everybody here, I think. And so we like to get ready for what God's going to do. And the Bible says to be ready at all times. Always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that is in you. And so we're going to do that today. Um, We're going to start with my kids both wanted to share, and so they're going to share. And then we'll release the kids, unless any others want to share, so that they can run and be louder. All right, buddy. Tell them your name and whatever you want to share. My name is Andrew, and I'm sharing when I was in first grade, um, my school ran out of business, so we had to find a different school, and then we found a school, a fun school called Calvin Christian School, and I found two best friends there, and I was able to learn Bible verses in the books of the Bible, which I will say all the books of the Bible right now. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1st and 2nd Samuel, 1st and 2nd Kings, 1st and 2nd Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Songs, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts, Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Uh, Hebrews, James, 1st and 2nd Peter, 1st and 2nd and 3rd John, Jude, and Revelations. 
Good job. Awesome, buddy. So you, you lost your school, and God got you a new school that you love. Praise God. That's awesome. That was really hard. When he, he, he went to five schools in five years because we were in the Air Force and moving and stuff like that, and he liked that school, and so then to lose it was pretty traumatic for him, and God came through in a big way. Awesome. All right. Tell us who you are. My name is Kaylee, and I want to share my Bible verse I'm learning. Um, um, <laughs> have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be terrified. Don't don't be. Um, afraid and I am with you wherever you go. Um, and once me and my sister were cleaning up, um, downstairs and, um, we were standing on the table and um, then it wasn't holding in the middle, so then the table fell, but Bella was still in, but I got out, and then the table's about to fall on her, but it didn't, so we think an angel um, saved her, and I'm the one who... Um, didn't get, like, didn't fall, the table didn't get, that fell on me, and, but I got a little hurt, and Bella didn't get hurt at all. That's a good story, sweetie. Did you want to share something, too? All right. Tell us your name and what God did for you. Uh, my name's AJ, and... I used to go to my school until one teacher got fired, and then a new teacher could be came to come to my school, and when I was coming back to my house on the bus, the bus got a flat tire, and we got a new tire to get back home. And do you like your new teacher? Yes. That's good. Do you want to share something too? Okay. What do you want to say? What's your name? Hi, Mimi. Mimi? What do you... Mimi. Mimi. Hi, Mimi. Annalena. Hi, Mimi. Do you want to share something? Or just say hi to the microphone? That's okay too. That's okay. That's pretty good. Come up to a microphone and say hi. Way to go. Okay, children, you have done very well. Thank you. You may be dismissed. If you want to stay and hear people's stories, you can. But <laughs> no, we, we would rather color and move our bodies in a louder fashion. That is perfectly fine. That is what kids are supposed to do. You may go and do that. Thank you, as always, to Karen. 
And Crystal, thank you for helping, too. That's awesome. Okay, so a couple of people let me know they wanted to share. Um, feel free to raise your hand. Who wants to be, well, not first, who wants to be fourth? Okay, come on up. And by the way, the, we're doing it into the mic to make sure everybody can hear and to record them because it's great to have these recorded. If afterwards you, you decide some of what I said, it would be better if it was not recorded or I would just prefer it not to be recorded, that is fine. Tell me or CJ and we will cut it out. Okay? Because that's I totally get that. Um, so, yes. I, I've, I've, had, I've had people who have given testimonies in church before and I've been like, I feel as though you legally incriminated yourself in a number of things that I don't think we should put online. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or just it was too personal and sharing to the church is one thing sharing to other people is difficult sometimes so and, and I want to respect that and I want to preemptively congratulate everybody who comes up to share and tell you that you're awesome because I know sharing in public is a lot of people's biggest fear like they say actually that if in America people's number one fear is public speaking and number two fear is death so at a funeral, people would rather be in the coffin than giving the eulogy, is what that means. Um, and so, and for some, some of us, that's not as hard. But for others, I know it's difficult. And so I want to, you know, appreciate that and give you guys kudos for coming up and sharing. Okay, go for it. Change my mind. I'm done. <laughs> I was all ready to go. And then, uh, but this is an easy one. Can you guys hear? Okay. Uh, this is an easy one. It's a fun one. The thing that's hard about it is, I, I was thinking about it yesterday uh, and this morning, is it was like 35 years ago, so it's memory test. Uh, but my wife can help if I need details. She would probably tell it differently anyway, but it's fun. Uh, okay, it's you were little and your brother was littler. Steph wasn't even born, so this was in the 80s. Uh, let's see, where do I want to start? Um, yeah, well, <laughs> okay. Yeah, we were just uh, living our lives, you know, bringing up the kids, uh, as you do, kind of living paycheck to paycheck. And the first thing uh, that came to my mind on the, on the thing was we had just paid for some things with cash, uh, a set of dentures for Nate, which at the time were kind of expensive, Insurance wasn't what it used to be or what it is now. Or maybe about the same. Insurance wasn't very good. They didn't cover it. And uh, so it took a little money. You know, we had to kind of save it up. And I think the only way we could pay it at that point was you pay it at, uh, once at the beginning and then a balloon payment at the end or something, you know, something like that. So it, we were kind of strapped. I wouldn't say we were broke. Uh, but we didn't have a lot of discretionary income. And at the same time, we were trying to kind of remodel the house, fix it up, you know, keep it painted, looking better. And we noticed the driveway being really bad. I've got about a 120-foot driveway, and it was clay and dirt. Weeds were growing up in it. It's getting kind of sick of mowing weeds and pulling weeds out of the driveway. So we talked to a guy. We had a guy come in and, and give us an estimate on grading it out and putting some crushed rock in it 
an improvement. And it was a lot of money. <laughs> it, it was quite a lot of money at the time for us. And so we just kind of shelved it, said thanks, you know, we'll look at it. He goes, well, I can do it by the end of the year, you know, you don't have to. So uh, I go to work uh, probably two weeks later. We'd kind of forgotten about it. And uh, we had a company meeting, and what they had that day was kind of interesting. They, For the first time ever in the company, they decided to give cash bonuses for our profit sharing for the quarter. And uh, in the past, they'd just reinvest them in there for you, and you just kind of never see it, you know, it's paper money. But this was a cash thing. So here's a check. They gave us the amount. Here's a check in an envelope for the exact amount <laughs> to the dollar <laughs> that it would cost to do the driveway. So guess what we did? <laughs> Come on over, you know. So that was kind of fun. Yeah, it That is a great story. Praise God. Anybody else want to share? Sure. And I encourage you to come up to the front, but if that's a little too much, I, this stretches a little bit, and we can pass it around. I, uh, Paul had asked me to give a North Dakota update. As you guys know, I've been asked to help out with the affairs of Miss Alice, and she's a friend that I've known for quite a few years. Wonderful lady. A little unique. <laughs> the sign on her bus is not the same sign that we have on our bus, but anyway, she, a godly woman taking in many people over the years. She raised the Grinlin boys. Uh, their mom and dad had some tough times. She took them in for several years, raised them. She took in, I was helping her with Boyd Taylor, a guy who's probably my age and had horrible heart problems. Took him in, took care of him. And when he was nigh unto death, and uh, I picked him up in Fargo, brought him back to Watford City, nigh unto death. Alice and I looked at each other and said, this guy needs to go back home to see his family. We were really uncomfortable. They had released him from the nursing home. So Alice paid for a plane ticket. We loaded him on a plane. He went back to his, his family, had a few weeks with his family, and then passed. But in that time, Alice had brought him to saving faith with the Lord Jesus and a powerful message. Um, last uh, year, year ago this month Alice had asked me to come out uh, for her birthday and we she had some things she wanted to talk about and in the, the discussion she had asked if I would help out with her affairs and I said sure I'll, hel I'll help you out with that and in that discussion she talked about what she wanted to do with her money. She's a wealthy woman she's got a lot of funds and the primary directive was in a couple sentences in the will is I want you to disperse my funds to the needy within the Christian church. It was after that, shortly after that, that some legal things came arise. It was small town politics where Alice was charged with terroristic threats against the lieutenant governor's wife. And this was a horrible, devastating thing for her, just horribly devastating. At 79 years old, it was extremely difficult. Through that, um, I think she g developed a stronger faith. And it was this month, no, wait, last month, I'm sorry, September, uh, we had the pre-trial. And then we had uh, uh, a lot of, lot of legal work prior to that. 
But in the pretrial, as a thanksgiving, the judge summarily dismissed the charges. In other words, the charges were summarily dismissed. In other words, you can't even go back and anything in this case has no merit. It's gone complete. It's, it's done with. So as a praise report, thank you, Lord. But it's so coincidental to me that this happened after her declaration to me that she wanted, you know, in, in the event of my death, this is, you know, it, we were there for two days planning where everything is going to go. And the fact that this happened, and, and the Lord redeemed it in a powerful way. And if you could pray alongside it, because I know there's lots of prayers from Lady House. If you could pray against vengeance on her part. She wants resolution in, in, in a sense of vengeance. Scripture says, vengeance is mine. It is mine to repay. And I keep telling her, wouldn't it be wonderful if the Lord would bring them to a stronger and more powerful faith through your example? Turn the tables on this and wish it for good, wish it for godliness. So that's where I'm praying. I don't know if she's receiving it, but I just wanted to kind of give you guys um, that update for, for her. But thanks. It's a, absolutely a thanksgiving uh, for us. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. This is just a little thing that happened uh, to me about a week or two ago. I was just, I pulled up at a quick trip. The funny thing is, I was going to go to SA because I have a, a fleet card for that for my vans in, but I was craving some of that food at uh, the chicken tenders I wanted in. So I just, I changed and I went to quick trip. And I pull up to, the, to there and the, there's this, this little old gentleman across from me. And so I start shooting the breeze a little. He's got a little Ford uh a small little SUV, whatever the smallest one is. And I said, hey, you got a nice little car there, man. It looks good. He goes, yeah, it's nothing like the big stuff I used to drive. And, I, and he goes, I used to, used to have some nice stuff. And I go, ah, that's how it goes. And I said, so are you? We're just talking a little bit. And uh, I said, are you, are you retired? He goes, oh, yeah, I'm 82. And, uh, and, he, and he says, uh, he goes, I... Um, Wow, I forget exactly how we were saying it, but um, he said, I made some foolish decisions right at the end of my working career, and I lost 95% of my retirement. And he said, and, and he threw out a number of around $5 million that he had saved, and it went down 95%. And I said, hey, man, I lost everything, too. Um, I lost everything uh, in 2008 when the mortgage world crashed, and we lost it all and started over. And I said, but, you know, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. And I always, whenever I give a testimony, I always use Jesus' name because God's so generic, you know, and people will. And, and anyway, I said, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, you know, and he really took care of us. You know, we never missed a meal, and we rented nice homes, and we're, we're back on our feet now, you know. Jesus Christ, he goes like, he's all excited. He goes, oh, man, you're a believer. And I said, yeah. And he says, me too. I said, where do you go to church? He goes, well, um, he goes to Eagle Brook, and he says, I was one of the founding members. His name's James Hughes. He says, there was just a few little families in a living room, and we started that church. And I said, oh, that's great. And we're talking, and and so um, I happened to mention, I said, so are you, um, did you raise a family? He goes, well, I was married, and he said, "She's I, I love her so much. She's gone four years now, but today was our today is our anniversary. Would have been sixty years." And I said, "Well, James, let's 
asked the Lord to say, um, happy anniversary. What's her name? Violet. And, I, and he's kind of freaking a little bit. And I go, dude, you know, we, I know we're not supposed to talk to the dead and we can't, but Jesus can and he's with her. So, and he, so I put my hands on, he grabs my hands and we prayed and we said, Lord, would you please tell Violet that James send in a big hug and say an happy anniversary? And he's like, yeah, happy anniversary and stuff. You know, it was so fun. It was just the funnest little moment, you know. And we exchanged phone numbers and stuff. But, um, and he goes, you know, I wasn't going to come here. And something made me pull in here. And I laughed and I said, yeah, for me it was the food. I was going to go somewhere else too, but it was just a, just a God-ordained coincidence or, or a meeting, you know. It was, it was just fun. That's awesome. Praise God. Yeah, Quinn. Great. She has notes and props. I am impressed. Do you, do you want me to help you with that or like plug it in or anything? Okay. If you want me to, I think it's right there. How about the right time? Okay. We'll wait for the right time. I still don't exactly know what I'm doing here, but out of obedience to the Lord and to Nate, I just thought I'm going to go for it. Yay! <laughs> and um, what I really needed, what I really, should I say that all over? Sorry. <laughs> what I really need help with is, I'm Gwen, by the way. I need help with a testimony of how to speak to my Jehovah Witness people that just came to my house again on Wednesday. That's always hard. <laughs> So that would be another time, <laughs> um, but that would be great. This is a different audience, and so, um, and none of, except for Barnabas, nobody knows me really well here. So this is a short story, um, and then a very quick, as I can, summary through my life with an illustration of one way that God has um, been a testimony to me and in my life and how he's been at work. So it begins with... Wednesday night. <coughs> Would be better if I hold this. Wednesday night, eight o'clock. I decided I didn't decide, but it was time to rearrange my living room. <laughs> and our living room, dining room is the very biggest place of our house in our small house. And I had told Dave probably for the last month I was needing to do this. And I had told him Wednesday I was needing to do this because I would need his help <laughs> um, to move the piano. Um, but at 8 o'clock at night, he didn't expect that I was going to do it. <laughs> so he came out into the living room, and I had already cleared the entire living room and took wall hangings off and moved rugs and just was moving things to get ready to move some more. He's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm rearranging the living room. Do you want to help? Kind of. <laughs> anyway, um, he's like, what's your plan? I'm like, I don't have a plan, but it'll work. He's like, you have to have a plan. I'm like, I don't have a plan. This is the story of our marriage. I don't have a plan, but it'll work. I just need to move and get started. Um, for Myers-Briggs people, I would be the, um, I sense my, I'm a very, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a strong planner, but I sense my way through life. He would be analytical, let's wait and think, and then move through life. So my moving the living around without a plan makes, you know, no sense to him. So where's the piano going to go? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> but I'll figure it out. And um, 
okay, over here. So Barnabas helped and they moved the piano and that was a big job. And once that piano got in one place, the rest worked out and it worked out awesome. And so by, t and it was great. Um, I'm very thankful that God is an artistic God <laughs> because I, um, for me, I find, I think, my renewal the most in the creative process. <laughs> um, I don't think Dave has that internal compass that I need to rearrange the house or a closet or change colors to be renewed, but I do. <laughs> and you know how God can often renew your inside by rearranging your outside, or you rearrange your inside, and the outside comes together. He works both ways. So that living room um, now needed to reflect whatever <laughs> renewal or season I thought needed to be reflected for fall and hospitality in my home. And so then at 10 o'clock, does that all make sense? <laughs> Um, so at 10 o'clock, um, I'm asking Dave then to go out in the garage up on a high shelf and get our box of lights. And so he did. Why do you need lights? Because I do. <laughs> what are you going to do with them? I don't know yet. And this are my lights that will go back up across my entire front of our house wall and across our big windows. Because, um... I needed light. But to me, my living room, again, is a bit of a reflection of my faith in our family and God and needs to host God, and I needed light. But I thought light is the story of my life, my testimony. And all these lights um, and a million more wouldn't begin to tell the story of the lights that God has put in my life to this day to lead my way when I don't know what the plan is. I've not been one. I can put the lights on. I've been not one to have a plan for my life or an agenda for anything strong, except for the strength he keeps putting in me and building upon. But he's always had a plan. He's always worked it out. And he has provided light. And the quick stories of my life, just in a nutshell, in some big places are, I grew up in White Bear Lake, too. I was an only child. My parents were very successful, teachers, coaches, administrators, nursing homes. But they had a lot of hard times, and so life was great, and it was hard at the same time. And the grace of God was I constantly had, my family was a sports family. I was, in, I was on teams and in groups from a young age on to this day. And I, that was my grace of God. God brought people of light, <laughs> strong light, little light, passionate light kind light, sports light, you name it, wisdom, all, I have stories of my whole life of the lights that God has brought forward to this day in my life. And a um, couple quick examples, when I got to high school, I had not grown up in the church, my parents started going to a church when I was probably first grade, a Lutheran church, and so I have memories of going to that church um, and feeling completely like I didn't belong. <laughs> I was an A-plus student at school, very involved, leader, sports. I didn't know anything about the Bible, so that was a foreign world to me. But when I got to high school, I did Luther's Catechism and memorized it to be confirmed. <laughs> I didn't get it. I just memorized it. Um, but God was at work, and when I got to high school, I was on the freshman varsity sports for everything. And those girls in those couple of years, starting with the cross-country team, were all Christians. And they sang as they ran, and they sang on the bus, <laughs> and they prayed, and the coach was a Christian, and it was light that I had not known in that way, um, and a joy, and they wrote me letters about Jesus, and that they loved me, and were encouraging, and, 
And that's where it really began, of the Lord coming into my life in a greater way. And they invited me to FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. So that was all a big part of my high school growing up years and where I believe I got to know the Lord. I don't have a specific time to tell you, but that's when it happened. And so when I was going to college, I was going to Hamlin. I was going to play basketball there, had my roommate, and I went to an FCA conference in South Carolina, North Carolina, in August before my freshman year of college. And Southern Baptist, very charismatic that it was, new to me again, powerful, but they had an altar call the last night, and I remember feeling, I do not need to be up at that altar call. I know the Lord. I don't need this in this way. And I went up half a mountain for a couple hours of that night and just prayed. And I would say that's when I knew that I knew that I knew, and I confirmed it with God that um, I was where I needed to be, and God was with me and was telling me that I should go back home and go to Bethel. I um, had played basketball at Bethel all my summers growing up. The coaches had wanted me to go there. I'd never considered it until that night on the mountain. And I came home, and within two weeks, I had told my parents and changed schools and was in Bethel, at Bethel. I got to Bethel. I didn't know what a Christian school was. <laughs> never heard of one. Never heard of Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith and all the 1980s music that influenced <laughs> me. And I played basketball there. My teammates were strong in the Lord, knew Bible verses, stronger than my high school season of life, and everything multiplied again. <laughs> um, I became captain there myself for two years and was an English major, secondary education. And I went into English because um, I thought literature and writing were open doors to people's hearts. <laughs> and that's what I had a heart for. And so I did. Um, after college, and I'll be done quickly here, um, in summation, after college, I, all my roommates got married. So I had to start over. I was in all these weddings that summer. And I needed to know where to go with my life. And Bethel was Baptist General Conference. John Piper, strong that way in those years. And from my visiting to Bethlehem Baptist, downtown Minneapolis, um, I thought those people have something, and I don't know what it is, but I want it. <laughs> I want what they have. So I decided that's what I'd go after, <laughs> kind of like my living room. I don't know what it is, but I'll find it. I'm going to go after it and move. <laughs> so I moved my life into that church and took every class there was and joined every ministry. From the impetus in the beginning of an older man who drove the bus at that church, who, you know, hugged me and thought I was wonderful and just graduated from college. I should be introduced to the youth pastor and work with the youth, and I'd be wonderful, and he encouraged me until 20 years later when he died. You know, more lights like that, <laughs> and many, many of them, but that church was light to me. And um, within those first three years out of college, that's where I met Dave, and I had been working with the youth group now strongly, I had good skills to draw the girls together, and great things were happening. But I got deeper into kids' lives, and then there were so many questions and unanswered questions and pain and families that needed reaching, and I didn't know where to go with it. So I was looking for more, and I didn't know what was next. And um, Dave was, when he met me, leaving within six months to go to graduate school in Colorado, 
Colorado Christian University for a master's in biblical counseling. <laughs> we got married within the year, and I moved out there. I never wanted to leave my church, my youth group, but God had other plans. So I had no idea what I was getting into, but by his encouragement and others, I applied for the same program, went through the same master's program, and God, again, changed my life. Whole community for five years of light that we were all a part of out there and ended up giving to as well. That I wouldn't change for the world, but I didn't know what's coming or that's where I was going. Um, so that was awesome. After five years out there, we moved back. God's leading, more stories, but um, we have three children. Will is a senior at Bethel. Marianna, as you know, is a sophomore at North Central University. So we've got Baptist to Assemblies of God. <laughs> and Barnabas is still at Concordia Academy, very evangelical. And we kind of bring it all now. God's used it all. When we were at Bethlehem 25 years, we came back. And I worked on staff there for a while. And then had kids and involved in tons of good things of God. Um, we left after 25 years. Um, with lots of roots and a hard time, but God had something new again. <laughs> we ended up at Brooklyn Park Lutheran Church for five years, and I didn't know there was more light, more depth, and love, and Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, and things poured into our lives and my children's that, again, we didn't know was coming, but God did, so we wouldn't change it for anything, and yet we were called away from there as well. And we have been with our Concordia community nine years now, and hand-in-hand in, hand in some great places of people and light and joy and God together. We've been at Substance for a while. Dave was working at Northwestern when they started there. And Mariana came to Communitas because at Brooklyn Park Lutheran Church, I had a spiritual mentor and was part of a prayer ministry. All kinds of things that led me to the Holy Spirit Conferences for about six years until they were done. And my children there, and Will, Marianna knew Paul, heard about Communitas then through that as she was getting older. So all these levels of dimensions of God continued to come into my life and bring new light. And so um, I'm a seeker of light. It doesn't mean I was not to get there. <laughs> I don't always, but his light is still there. Um, and still shines in all places. So he is the light of the world. He is my light and my salvation. Um, he tells us to be lights in a very perverse and crooked world. Lights are stars, Philippians. And we need to be. Um, he says he is the bright and morning, morning star. And... Um, um, God's word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. By the word of the Lord's word of the Lord, where the heavens made, He spoke and it came to be, and the word of the Lord will stand forever. That is His power in my life, and I'm still seeking it. But um, we need the light. <laughs> we need to be light. It matters wherever we are, um, and He will keep shining, and He will keep adding to our strengths and in our stories and in our faith images in our living room and here and wherever. So I thank you for um, letting me, our family, join you in being light. We're, we're very thankful. Can we just plug in for one second? Yep.
Um, thank you so much for that. I love that story. For many ways, one of which, mostly, is, it was your story. Yeah. And so yeah. it was In beautiful. a nutshell. <laughs> thank you. So for that reason, I love it. I love that you came up here and shared, even though you're a little bit nervous. And that takes a lot of guts and a lot of courage. And way to step out and go towards something not really knowing what it's going to be, which sounds like part Amen. of your testimony. Exactly. And so good job. Keep doing that. Thank you. And I loved your analogy. It was really good. Thank you. It was well thought out, and it really worked well that you've had so many lights in your life, so many different ones, mm -hmm. and they were all different people. Mm -hmm. Okay? Obviously, God is the light, but all the people are reflections of his light. And so I want you to think about this as you're listening to your testimony and looking at these lights. Each of you are one of these lights in the lives of every single person that you know. Every single person you know, everyone you work with, everyone you live near, everyone you come in contact with, you are one of these lights in their life. And that means something. That makes a difference. You may become part of their testimony at some point. So let's not take that for granted either. That we are all one of these lights in the lives of somebody else. And let's continue to allow God to use us and to pray for those people so that that light might be enough to turn them around or to get them through the fog um, if that's where they're at right now. My yeah. ending verse was Hosea 6.30. Oh, that we might know the Lord and press on to know him. Yeah. This Amen. is part of it. I have a testimony. We had a good talk on the line of life today. Praise God. I have a testimony, too. We prayed for you to have a good time, and then you did. So I God. thought you did. So thank you for praying. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Um, they I think I didn't do very well because they said they wanted me to come back and give it another try. <laughs> <laughs> I think I failed. We're going to give you one more chance. Get one more come chance. Back. Well, that's good. Yeah. So love you. We're, we're actually going on a cruise with the Japanese people at Afton. We're going to be there at 15 to 1. So we're running. Need to run. But you're in my house. So I'm running. Did you see Dave's mom? Yes. She goes to that church. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Nice oh, that's so funny. Okay. Let's, I want to pray for, pray for Gwen. Um, she, she bared her soul, and that's vulnerable. As Paul has taught before, that word comes from the, the Latin word for wound, to be woundable like Jesus was on the cross, arms open wide, heart exposed. And that's, that takes courage, and that's difficult. And so I just want to bless you for that, for being vulnerable. Father God, I pray that you would fill her up for, for all that she's just given out of herself to us for our benefit. I pray that you would fill her up even more with more of you. And I pray that you would encourage her and bless her in, in this story that is unfinished. It's still going. There's a lot more lights to come, and there's a lot more new and exciting places that you're calling her to go. Um, we are thankful that we get to be a part of her story for however long she is part of this community. And we pray that you would just continue to bless her and um, allow her to continue to grow uh, in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. And thank you to everyone for sharing. Here are your lights. I'm not going to steal them, although I'd like to. We need lights for our house. Um, I know Abram wanted to share maybe next week. Would, would that work? I can go right now. You, you want to go right now? Yeah. Oh, he wants to go, so let's let him do it. Let's let him do it, and then, and then we'll close. Do it, man.
used to work for Moffitt's Blue Cross Home Springs. So it's not ideal, but it's something that we're stretching it that process yeah. to reach more yeah. people. Okay, good morning, you all. My name's Abram, and I'm originally from Queens, New York, and uh, I, I grew up with strict parents. Uh, they were tough on me and the whole kids, and uh, for some odd reason, I enjoyed that because they helped me uh, build my, my natural lifestyle, which was to focus on this temporary earth pattern kind of thing. So I, I got around through, uh, I guess, this earth mode, you know, living, I guess, uh, a sweet life, uh, being, being uh, I guess, gifted with uh, an amazing job when coming to Minnesota. Like, financially, I was always having funds available because my career, the path that my parents informed me about get a life, you know, do something with your life, you know, that kind of lifestyle. Uh, I grew up in a Catholic uh, community. However, I didn't, I wasn't, you know, like, pressed on it a lot like okay I should give my surrender my life to the Lord etc etc and then before coming to a Lydia house I got more in depth about it more serious about it then I met my wife and then I got married and then we got a kid then we we start our medical journey uh to St. Martin in Barbados and then from that point on that's when I really picked it up because I was alone isolated my wife was in classes and I was at, uh, alone and my, my daughter was in daycare. So then I started, I remember that I packed books, you know, before leaving Minnesota. I had my roommates give me some of their books, you know, how, they're, how they build up their faith. And I had Pastor Paul give me his books. And then uh, I just kept reading and reading and reading and reading. And then uh, it didn't hit me at all. Like, I need something more. Something more. And then uh, I was walking back home alone. And then I see these two individuals coming approach me. And they were girls. And they say, hey, hi there, uh, we're Mormon girls. And I said, what's that? So I was confused, you know, like, are you, what exactly does that mean? All about uh, Joseph Smith, you know, this and that. Like, Pastor Paul never talked about this in the Catholic com community. I never heard of his name. Like, this must be a lie or something. Then I started taking it very seriously, you know, like maybe this was a sign from God saying, hey, you got to focus, you, you got to focus on me. Your eyes should be on me. All your heart should be on me. And then uh, ever since that, I uh, then I met another person called Dr. Denery in St. Martin, and then she gave me her books, and then uh, that's when I started becoming more bold for the Lord, and then uh, it hasn't stopped ever since I came back here. Like, I have that, that foundation right now. It's firmly planted. However, it's not over because God's story is not over. You know, it's always, it just keeps growing and growing and growing because we're all the body of Christ. So then... Um, to this day, I come back here with my daughter. My wife is still in Barbados. And then uh, I'm looking forward to, you know, building myself up more, my character as a father figure, as a husband figure, as a God-fearing individual. Because it's not yet, I'm not saying it's not yet solid. It's there, you know. It's just I need some push towards it. And uh, Steve had mentioned to me Having a mentor, that'd be great. I had a mentor in the island. However, we parted ways because I had to go back to my uh, my hometown here, Minneapolis. So I'm still searching for a mentor, even though Pastor Paul is busy and with other individuals too. So it's growing process, but that's my testimony. Man, that was, that was a really good, really good testimony. We're excited to be part of this next 
phase of your journey. So that was an open invitation to encourage him and to spur him on and to build into his life. Did you hear that? So let's do that. Amen? Let's do that for each other. Um, Let's close in prayer. Father God, I thank you so much for all of these people that you have given to us in this community, this fellowship, this church. This is a wonderful body full of wonderful people, and I thank you for the individuals that you led to to share this morning. And I pray that you would bless them for their courage and their boldness and their willingness to, to step out and to share their lives with us. And I pray that for all of us, you would give us that courage and that boldness, whether it's with one person um, that we share something that you did or whether it's in front of a, a, a group like this. I pray that you would help us to, to always be willing to share about you and to tell people what it is that you've done in our life and why we're happy, why we have this hope that is in us, why we have joy, why we're not complaining and negative when everyone else is, that we would be able to tell them, well, it's just because of God has just done so much for me, I can't help but be happy. It's not my fault. It's his fault. (laughs) Um, I pray that you would help us to be able to share those kind of things um, and continue to pray uh, for those who are in our lives. And Lord, we had this word today too about about fog, and I don't want to forget about that because I think it's an important word for us. And so I pray that you would help us this week to think about that and whether it's different people in our lives that we need to press through that fog, uh, pray for the wind of your spirit to blow it away, Um, And maybe there's an application, too, for us as a body, for us as a church, that maybe there's some sort of fog in our way that we need to press through and persevere. Um, And so I pray that you would um, just continue to give us insight into that uh, throughout this week, and we thank you that you speak to us. Lord, individually, we thank you that you speak to us as a church. It is amazing to me that the God who created the universe would come to our little church in this basement and speak to us. And so we thank you for that, and we don't take that for granted. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May he look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.